What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Undialed Podcast. Today we have some lovely guests. We have Chase Chidster, and we also have Josh Van Allen. Um, and these two lovely people live here in Arizona. Um, where are you guys specifically from? Chase, you go first. I am from Glendale, Arizona. It's about 45 minutes north of where we are now. Gotcha. And for everyone tuning in, we're in Chandler, Arizona, and that is like South Phoenix. Josh, what about you? Uh, I was actually born here in Chandler. Uh, really? But yeah, and then I lived in Gilbert most of my life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Dang. So it's so it's so cool having you guys on this show. For for all of you guys, for all the guests that don't know who these guys are, these guys come over probably like once a week, and we go and we yeah. sesh outside in the front yard. We we've actually made some YouTube videos of riding out front, and that's been pretty fun. Do you, do you guys enjoy like coming over and just riding the most basic sort of features? I feel like that's really fun in scootering sometimes. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace because sometimes you just want to work on one thing and you get to go out front and do it for a couple hours and then go home. It's nice. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, try like not necessarily try really hard. It's but it's easier and nicer to have a small little sesh with a couple homies, you mm -hmm. know, small basic stuff. Mm -hmm. I sometimes feel like I feel like sometimes just a basic flat bar is like so much better than even like an entire skate park sometimes. And, oh yeah, totally. And I feel like when you're around like a group of friends and you're all going at like that one obstacle, I feel like that really allows you to push yourself because it's like, you can't, you can't think, Oh, I'm going to go over to this side of the skate park and ride this thing. It's like, you're forced to be on this one obstacle and it, it really opens up your creativity. So like, I don't know. I'm, I'm stoked that you guys come over and sesh that because it's a really good time. Oh, yeah. we're stoked to be invited. Yeah, it's a blast. Uh, we find ourselves actually doing that a lot, though. Like, we'll go, literally went to Surprise, which is about an hour and 15-ish. Well, about an are. hour from our place. Yeah. yeah. And we literally rode the flat bar there for, like, 45 to an hour just with the homies. That's so sick. Yeah. Happens everywhere. It's sick. All right, so growing up here, what is your guys' favorite local skate park in the Arizona area? <laughs> this is easy. Favorite local? I think from Phoenix a area, like Phoenix area from our parks video, which ones have been your favorite? Uh, I mean, big Tempe is fun. This is easy. Hudson. Hudson's <laughs> number one. You think everywhere you go. Gosh, Hudson. Hudson. For those that don't know, Hudson is the smallest prefab you've ever seen. It is two little itty bitty wooden quarter pipes, a spine, a super small why do, bench why, box. Why do you like that skate park so much? Because he can do literally anything he wants there. Anything and everything. It's got everything you want to do to like go and have your little rail session in the front. It's got a nice box to like practice some stuff. And then I love riding quarter pipes. So like it's got the smallest, slipperiest quarter pipes you can ride. Yeah, but the coping doesn't stick out enough. It's a blast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in your opinion, what's like three Hudson. what's three three things that makes a skate park good in your opinion like superior over other skate parks um lots of different features okay. like not just one style of riding orientated it's got to have features for everybody um another thing is that it, it can't be hard to like get to like hour wise like i want to ride it anytime during the day anytime at night it's a variety of obstacles close and what else it has to have a flow yeah got a flow yeah yeah even even the small setup where it's back and forth the entire time when you're just riding two quarter pipes that has its own flow when you go and ride something that like kind of makes you 
slow down and pick back up pace is just hard to ride. Like I think Surprise Farms, the park itself doesn't flow. It's a very weird shape and it doesn't move. Yeah, it's, nice. an, it's like a C. Yeah, it's good for sessing the same obstacle and over and over, like a good back and forth. But like riding the whole park is one you just can't. Do you like going around the entire skate park and just seshing it almost in like a line opposed to just zoning in on one particular feature? Um, I think it depends on the day yeah. and, you know, the how the sesh is going. So, uh, like, some days I'm just all about flowing the park and then other days I'm there to land a specific trick. Gotcha. But, I mean, that... In, that, in my opinion, I feel like the three things that make a good skate park good is is the first one is the levels in the skate park. And I feel like if you if you guys have noticed at, at certain skate parks, there's like a lot of areas that are like the ground level. And I feel like, let's just take Freestone, for example. It's like there's so many ground levels in that skate park. There's the ground level that's at the extension of the bowls. There's the ground level that's like the ground. There's the ground level that the, the, the gate entrance is in. There's the ground level at the bottom of the bowl. There's all sorts of these levels. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And, it, and it makes your riding like very, it, it allows it to be very, I don't know. It's very flowy because it's like, it's not like you're just working with the same momentum everywhere that you go. And I feel like, I feel like it's, it's, it's interesting going to like skate parks because it's how, like, I don't know. I feel like skate parks are so interesting because there's so many, like so many of the same features at all the skate parks that we go to, but they're just arranged in different ways. Like it's like, what do you got? Like a bank, a quarter pipe, a ledge, a rail, and, and it's just how they use those levels with all of those features that, like, create it some sort of flow. And it, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me, like, how easily they could mess up, like, the angle of quarter pipes. And then that just ruins the whole skate park. Yeah, or the angle of a bank or mm-hmm. a hip or the coping even. Coping is a big one. Mm-hmm. Does the wrong material of coping. Yeah. Like aluminum coping or yeah. something like that or stainless steel. Or... Uh, like the ones that freestone on the one quarter of the box ledges where it's just the rounded, it's not actual like a bar of coping. It's mm-hmm. just rounded aluminum. I think that etched coping. It's one of yeah, my favorite it's... copings to ride. It's so sick. Like the one in Tempe, you're like, yo, that, that has etched coping. I was like, yeah, that's been known. Like that's one of the most fun pockets to ride is cause it's goes as you go through. Oh, the cuts in it holds the wax. Yeah. It's super nice. Yeah, that's. I feel like it's so interesting. Like the one at Woodward, even like the half pipe at Woodward. So sweet. I'm so. I'm like bummed more skate parks don't do that. I feel like it's it's not a very like hard thing to do. You know. I don't know why it's done. I feel like. I feel like it's just getting that that like sh- that pattern into the rail would be kind of difficult in certain circumstances. Oh, edge coping sick. Yeah, I've never ridden any. No, it just no. makes so much a noise. You don't really. It doesn't yeah. really mess up your grind at all. Which is like. Nah. Like, it sounds like a phone vibrating or something. Question. So for you guys, do you enjoy having a more like smooth, quiet rail or do you rather it have a sound to it? I never thought about it. <laughs> I'm like, going to be honest with you. I've never... When you hit it, it's got a, like a ring to it. Yeah, Don't... exactly. Like, you know how sometimes you hit a rail or you hit a coping and it's like you really feel it on the bottom of your deck? Mm-hmm. Right? Like it kind of okay. like, jitters a little like bit. Like it's almost it's... loose. Kind no like, like I just a mean bouncy rail like it, versus it just a... it just has texture to it you know or would you rather just like when you go on just like just like a really no. smooth slide okay I understand what you're saying do you prefer some stick to the coping or it just be like super butter yeah butter 
but like predictable butter. I feel of, like I feel like it's just like the texture of the rail, and I feel like even whether it's like buttery or not, I feel like I feel like you just grind and grind through it either way. It's like it's either it slides or it doesn't. And yeah, if, like it can be buttery but also rough. Yeah, I'd rather have to push through a rail than have it just slide too easily. Yeah, same because then you can just slip out a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. Sound. Never thought about a sound on the rail. I like a loose scooter. I think that sounds super fun and sick. A loose scooter? Yeah, not like super dung dialed. I don't like that. A little. Does it just make you feel more hash? No, I think it feels better underfoot. I really do. I feel like the back wheel being loose feels better. It just. It. I don't know. It just. It feels like your scooter is like more flexible or something like that. Like it sounds dumb, but like that's. It's almost like. When you when you're riding it, it's like you have a little bit more play in manuals. Like you have like I don't I don't know. It just it feels better when you land. It's just like I don't know. It just it feels more solid, even though it's not more solid. Yeah, well, I like a loose like not like a super loose headset, but it's got a nice little wiggle to it. But I my wheels have to be tight. Mm. I've tried the tried the loose back wheel, and if like if I just can't because like something stripped or something, then I. That's all I get, but no, nah, the wheel's got to be tight. Gotcha. All right, so we've had quite a bit of scooter contests be going down in the scooter scene recently, and they've all been, like, virtual. What's your guys' opinions of those right now? We'll start with, like, the Spain one that just happened. What, what do you think about it, Chase? I absolutely love the contest format. I think that really pushes riders to their limits, it still gives are you them, saying are you saying the specific format of that competition or are you saying just the contest in general for like street riders? I no, I mean like like for everyone. Riders getting together. Got you. To compete. This virtual stuff, I I understand the circumstances, but I really don't enjoy watching it. I think watching a live stream of like some of the best riders in the world ride together is so much sicker than seeing them sneak off into the corners of the world and kind of film their own video. At least contest-wise. I love, I love, love, love watching the distance videos. Um, those are different contests, though, in their own. Yeah, I feel like the the coalition videos are like a completely different thing than it's like a week-long contest run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's 10 days. It's its, it's so own long. separate entity versus yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, like the actual competitive, you know, you we all go to one skate park. We all ride the same obstacles. Very different. I feel like one thing that's kind of cool about the Spain competitions, and I feel like just a lot of competitions in Spain is, and maybe this is cool and maybe this isn't cool, depending on who you ask the rider, but it's it's the fact that the skate park is very similar every year. If you look at like the street comp at Worlds last year and the street, street comp mm-hmm. that ha- just happened, um, it's basically the same skate park. So I feel like it really gives riders the opportunity to like get good at the features that they know they need to get good at. Um, instead of it just being some random thing every single time. So I feel like that consistency is good. And I feel like it's a lot it's a lot easier to prepare for, like even if the park's a little bit different, I feel like it's a lot easier to prepare for that than it would be for a park competition where so much of your flow is based off how the obstacles are. When in, I feel like the street-oriented riding, it's it's just kind of like whether you land the tricks or not. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, like we actually sat and watched. A, did we watch all of it? I watched all of it. He came in about halfway, but we watched the whole Spain competition. I watched What's the scooter finals for the park. I didn't watch any of the street stuff. I only seen the street stuff on Instagram, though. Yeah, no, the Instagram stuff 
was sick to see afterwards, but it didn't do justice to me instead of watching the comp. Because those riders are all so good. They can do so many different tricks. And then, like, watch them, what they're most comfortable with was such a different aspect than what they were posting to Instagram. Yeah. No, I feel like when you watch a rider at comps, it kind of, like, reveals the the rider, who they really are. Right. I feel like especially with, like, like street style riders because I, I don't know. I feel like the park riders, they kind of go into the competition training tricks specifically for that competition. But I feel like a lot of the street riders, when they go into it, they haven't really like set aside tricks that they're trying to do for that competition. You kind of just see like all of the ones that they have on the more consistent side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's really interesting to see like what those tricks are for people, you know, because I feel like everyone is gifted with tricks and scootering, and I feel like everyone is like revert, like opposite of gifted, where it's like harder for them. Mm-hmm. And I feel 100%. like I feel like all that comes down to is body proportions and like will, like internal will. Um, and I feel like it's just a combination of those two things. But it's just I don't know. I find it so fascinating when I see like a rider go and two seventy lip a rail as like just like their safety trick. Because to me, like 270 lip is not a safety trick at all. That is not a safety but trick. But to me, but it to is. you, it is. You know to what I mean? To me, it is. I'd much rather 270 whip than do what Guafio did, which was whip bar front board whip. Mm-hmm. No, I would much rather do a 270 with a combo into that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. No. I, I, <laughs> that one's nuts. All right. All right. So Hypothetical game nine stair handrail. You. In a, in, in a run, <laughs> you two are competing. What's your go-to trick? Um, You're approaching it. Come on. It's coming I up. I beat this guy? Yeah. Probably front or backboard hanger. Backboard hanger? Just for funsies. I'd say back lip whip. Back lip whip. Oh, I would probably one. 50 it, to be honest with you. That's like my go-to safety trick on, on like rails. Is I don't know. It's like the chances of sticking in a 50 are so much less than a board. So it's like I feel confident going at it and like not touching and not knowing how slippery it's going to be because i feel like if a rail is too sticky and you go for like a board slide you can just fall over it you know you do the hanger you get that tucked in there i feel like that's also kind of true with the hanger like it's really hard to stick on a hanger 100 oh no i definitely stuck on hangers really that wheel wheel catches too much and you're gone i feel like that's a different type of catch though like if you're in a good spot it's hard to have the rail hang you up okay okay you know what i mean yeah you're going down a rail you Usually yeah no okay that that makes so you could turn but your like, wheel too hard on a 50 and go over yeah <laughs> Ooh, nine stair that's nasty clay what would you do down it i'm curious honestly i'd probably do backflip whip backflip whip honestly, that's like a really comfortable trick for me i'm trying to judge how big a nine stair is though yeah what is it would a nine stair be similar to the three block at havasu yeah uh, really yeah. it's that big yeah I would say, I mean, it depends on the nine star. All nine stars are a little bit different, but I would say on a, for a smaller nine star, sure. For sure. I can't wait to start filming. <laughs> Dude, I, I miss Havasu Skate Park. That's a good skate park. That skate park and I have some issues. Hey, same. Me I too. broke my collarbone there. I knocked out my tooth. Ooh. I just ate shit a couple times. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Josh got worked. Yeah, no, Havasu, Havasu Skate Park works, people. <laughs> It's a it's a tough one, but that's not on my number one though. You know what it is Hudson. You would rather ride Hudson than Havasu. Hundred percent. Why? Because Havasu is gonna hurt me. Hudson, I am Superman, and it's so much fun. Dude, to I ride. feel like I feel like the, the, <laughs> I feel like the King Trail at Hudson's so sticky though. Oh, it bring totally a bar is. of wax. Always, always, yeah. Guess what? Big dog muscle through it. You'd be good. 
That's why you like sticky rails. Uh, maybe it might be it. <laughs> Hudson. I have seen him do some messed up stuff at that skate park, though. It it's unreal. All right. That's I, why I like kinks too. That rail. All right. So I got a question for you. So we've so we've been talking about like park competitions and street competitions. Who who do you think is the best all around scooter rider? Like. And, and, and what I mean by that is like, is like not the best that's just in street, not the best that's just in park, like all around in every single category, flips, mega ramp, handrails, manuals, like every single variety of scootering. In your opinion, who is it? How long do I have to answer this one? I don't know. If, just who's the first person that comes to mind? There's two. My Go. Can we think? I gotta think. This is hard. Tommy Christiana is up there. Really? Yeah. He's up there. Just because he's he can do both. I mean, he won how many games? How can many he years? Hit the of, mega ramp and triple flip it. Well, no, but I bet he could do the. No, new. but he would try. He would try at least to, the you airbag. Think? He would go to the airbag. All right, I'd give that to him. Yeah. The other guy I was gonna say was Ryan. I hate that that's like the cop out, but like, dude, he 270 lit that rail in Sydney. He did. That was a big rail. Yeah, and that's oh, the, not the 14? A is, little is it rail. The, it's a 14 or is it 12? I don't think it's in Sydney. I think the one not? you're thinking of is in Brisbane. Maybe. Um, But it's that green rail that's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a, one, one of the most famous rails in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah, that rail. Yeah, he 270 lit that. Yeah. I've never been to that rail, actually. I've, and I, it was I front 27 back lip, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he kills it everywhere else. Like, that's that's his weak suit, and it's still st- so strong. I don't know about you, but I have you ever watched his tech edits back in the day? Yeah, those were nasty. Oh, those were so nasty. They're still nasty. Who's? Ryan's? Yeah. 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 His tech edits, yeah. All right, so Clayton and I, we got it down to, like, five people. You want to hear what those people yeah. are? Yeah. Oh, please. I'm oh, sure they're probably whoa, pretty whoa, similar. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you answer this, um, in the comments on the last podcast, someone brought up Dante Hutchinson. Dante, damn, that's Ooh. a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I watched Dante ride. Dude, he's so good. He's so but, good. But it's but, but, he's so good. He was but, world champ one year. But I I feel like Dante like love Dante to death. But I feel like I feel like when he does street riding, it's potentially more of him doing like insane flips in areas where the average street rider wouldn't have done a flip. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, he did flip El Toro. But it's like. He did flip El Toro, and I and I think that should have won Coalition Best Trick. And well, also, I he does Nitro Circus shows too. Does but, he? But yeah, but yeah. but like oh, he's okay. nuts. But like, imagine him doing like a a back lip down like a fat handrail. I don't think he could two seventy lip that like Ryan did. I don't think he could. But he kills the park. But kills kills the, the parks. parks. Kills the mega. Kills the streets. But he's he's known different. for the flips. He's known for the flips. Different. Yeah. He has his own taste in the streets. He has like his own thing, and I feel like. But here's the people that we got. I to. do appreciate that though. That is so sick. You flipped El Toro, <laughs> like, dude. The first one, Chris Ferris, killer. Second, okay. Rumette. Third, okay. Richard Zelenka. Yeah. Fourth, Ryan Williams. Yeah. And fifth, Dylan Morrison. Dylan's big dog up. Yeah, there too. Dylan is too. Yeah. Because Dylan, Dylan's got it all. He's an animal. He's, he's, he's an really, animal. He really does Keep have it all. Keep rocking that beard. I don't know if you ever watched this Dylan, but that beard is sick. <laughs> dude, let's talk about his beard. <laughs> 
Let's talk about Dylan Morrison's beard. I feel like that's such an interesting topic. He's really grown like a manly ass beard. Dude, it's a big he's dog grown beard. Like a manly ass, like that thing is, is huge. It, I just want to know: was it a quarantine thing? Like you just started starting I, to let it grow, and then you just kept I think going. A, I think no, a, he looks like a full on Wolverine. Oh, he does. Yeah. I bet it was a girl. <laughs> yeah, girl, Yo, you look so good with a beard on. Let's get it out. The, the girl's like, or Dylan's like, he's like, I like scooters. And she's like, well, I like lumberjacks. And he's like, like noted. <laughs> hey, you look good with it. So keep it. It's nasty. I love it. No, he kills it. He looks so much older now, too. Like, he looks like, I don't he know. He looks like a Wolverine. He looks like a man. He looks like a man, man. He looks older than Max. No, not really. No, nah, Max. Too. Max is starting to show his age. Peters. Yeah. How? Yeah. I don't know. You think? I don't think he yeah. is. I think he's still looking young and ready to go. I think he's still a dilf. <laughs> he's oh, he, still a dilf. Well, okay. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't meet the age requirement, but yes. <laughs> yes. What's the age requirement? It's the same thing for a milf. What's the milf? Thirty-five. 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 Really? Yes. I thought it was just like any. Is that in nope. the dictionary? Is there like a, that's in the dictionary definition? The, the urban dictionary or urban dictionary? Know. Where's or 35? Where'd that come from? I, that's just always what it's been for me, at least. Because so you can be, you, you. Cause you, <laughs> can be, you know, a mom at 16, but that doesn't make you a MILF. No, it does. That is a and doesn't mother. Doesn't it technically make you a MILF though? Yeah. Well, not 16. I don't really think that would qualify as a MILF. I mean, I thought it was just any mom. Like I'm not into a 16 year old, but like. If she's a mom, wouldn't she technically be, like, well... A milf for somebody else. A milf for somebody else. <laughs> that's what I was trying to avoid. I was like... <laughs> See, that, 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 that's, part of the, that's part of the definition, too. It's like, if you call somebody a milf, you're, you're saying... Is it an opinionated name now? Could be. All right. Scootering. Lumberjack. <laughs> Where do we go? <laughs> it's got me on a turnaround. <laughs> The, the the beard, <laughs> the beard is for the milfs. <laughs> oh, that's the correlation. <laughs> Top five. Um, Tommy needs to be up there. Do you really? Okay. Also, I think love Tommy honestly, Reese. Have you seen Reese throw down? He can. I don't. Do I couldn't see Reese doing like a Doisma though. Doisma. I think you give him a big enough street ramp. He will. <laughs> Give him a big enough channel That's gap, true. he will. At this point, dude, Reese, Reese is just unstoppable. There's not he's a scooter trick at all. He's an animal. He's, uh, he is an animal. He's such an animal. Like, his ethic God. video that he dropped, 12 minutes of just in two months. 12 minutes of footage in two months. I bet there was more clips, too. Oh, there had use. to have been. 100%, because he was still filming for the Feast stuff. Yeah. The Feast videos were in that same time. So it wasn't just his ethic video. It was like two or three other feast videos for their minute competitions and he just threw and he just threw the, the, the i think video a lot of it. them look like they were warm-ups for his ethic video but still yeah like those warm-ups are my enders it honestly made me so happy to like watch him travel around with rudy and meet up with all the people around the america like i feel like i feel like there's like Reese has almost, in a way, been like deprived from like oh, it's well from going to all the other spots that like I feel like you you see iconic street writers go to, especially in America. And I feel like I had never seen him at a lot of spots that weren't like in his local town. So to see him like go around with Rudy and like go to these really iconic spots and well just and shut deserved. him and just and shut him down, yeah. And like it was so cool to watch. Like it was it was like a really 
good thing. And I'm so happy that he's with a good sponsor. Like he definitely deserves it. Like somebody who's going to like, I don't know, get his back with things. Cause he was on urban art before this, before that. I, I don't know. Uh, been urban art for a while. But yeah, like, I think I was Sky Art. High for a bit. And Sky, I feel like Sky High is like a shop. shop, like, shop I'm yeah. talking manufacturer right now. Yeah. Not I, I think it was just uh, Urban Art before they went under two times ago. Do they officially go under? Is that like, I, like what's the standings with that? No, right now, no, right now they're back. They're gotcha. about to, uh, the new investor or something came back or I don't know what happened, but um, they, they're back there. Uh, already pre-sold all of their butter decks, yeah. as really? well as most of Max's Sig deck. Yeah, yeah. Good. The, like we were we were on outset earlier today, and the only Max deck you can get is uh the five five by twenty one, in all silver the, like, and silver. Blacks all, are done. All all other sizes are done. Dude, yeah, they're gone. Yeah. So hopefully, all the butters sold flush. out. Is there um, anything unique about the butter deck? I don't even. Um. It's been waited for it's for like three years. Three yeah. years. They've been announcing it for three years. Is that the one with the urban art like stamp on the head tube? Or no, that, that one was the Both bone of deck. Them that have was, uh no. Stamp. So the the butter it was originally supposed to come in three different ways. It was supposed to come full flat bottom with no cutout on top, and then it was supposed to come out uh with a cutout on top but full flat bottom, and then it was put come glass bottomed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just they skipped the other ones because money and just went for the full glass bottom but uh it also has some other unique features in it uh i know they had posted something a while back it was a couple years ago um but it's the first deck that i know that the top plate isn't just angle like is it just concave it's flat underneath and then the concave is on under that or is above that so there's so, like there's like a layer for the concave and a layer for like no it's all it's all one piece but it, instead of just like if you've ever I don't know if you guys have ever broken a deck and yeah, looked yeah. at it but the the maybe, top the, the top the co- layer is the co- it is just it's just curved and then that but that's all all the way through now on this one it's flat and then curved but it's all one piece of the extrusion. Oh, so like the bottom part of that. So the thinnest, the thinnest part of it is in the center. Got you. And then it's thicker up on the sides. Got you. Huh. I wonder if that would. Do you think that's going to be stronger like that? Should be. I mean, yeah, it should be. And, well, and then they even glass bottomed it. So, I mean, should be. Where do you think the term glass bottom came from? Uh, it came from the TSI's when they started the, the, the cutout. TSI coined it. Yeah. Kinda. I don't know where they got it from. Yeah, I don't know either, but it was when they first started doing cutouts on their sledges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I've always like wondered why it was called glass bottom. I was hoping that like the first time a deck actually got released like that, there would actually be like, a little like pane of glass in there, or like some fiberglass or something. That'd be funny. I think it, be, it got coined because you can see through it like it's glass. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get it, but like <laughs> goofy. That's funny. Do you guys, so we're, we're talking about scooter companies that have gone under, and it's, I feel like it's kind of crazy, like recently, a lot of scooter companies have been like either going under or like treading water very thinly, and uh, do you guys have any companies that you guys are like sad that have gone away in the past, or like? 
I didn't ever think about this. It just happens. Uh, I was I was kind of sad when Inward went under. True. Uh, just True. because yeah, back in the day, that was where I used to get my parts. It was mm-hmm. my first Dude, set same. of uh, uh, first set of aftermarket bars were Inward bars. They're cool. I always wanted a pair of their forks. I just never had money for them. Yeah. I feel like it's so interesting, like the scooter climate of just how like brands could be at the top for just a, like a like a, a year or so, and then they're just like gone. Like oh, a, Phoenix! Phoenix is a big bummer. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Phoenix. That's an easy one. But that's Oops. that's exactly what I was just saying. You remember when Phoenix was like on big top? dog? Remember when the, the Reventon came sick. out? The Reventon like shook the scooter world. That was that was the most superior deck. Even though it cost three hundred eighty bucks, it was the most superior deck. I still joke. Well, is that what it was? It. Is that yeah. how much it cost? It was yeah, it was expensive. It was. Like, why did it cost that much? Because it was the best. Because it was. <laughs> they could charge whatever they wanted. It was the best. Everyone wanted one. It was just the extrusion was really good. It was like revolutionary at the time. It was just it was the revolutionary deck, the Reventon. Re- Reventon or the Reventon two? No, Reventon. Well, you gotta have the one to get it going. Yeah, yeah I don't remember. I don't remember the Reventon one. I don't remember the. I remember the biggest thing. No, what was the Revent? We have two Reventon ones on our table at home. Those are Reventon ones. I thought those were twos. No, the Reventon two uh, has some sort of cutout in it. Um, it. It has like extra cutouts in it in some spot. I think in the. What was the difference between the Reventon one and two? There was something. And I remember that then after a while that they got like the boxed ends, but I think that was the Ion deck. Ion wasn't boxed. Ion had the had the ra- rounded ends, but then they had, then they but they added the they welded that the yeah. dropout or a plate to it to yeah. kind of make it square. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay, then I do. I guess I do remember the Reventon. Then didn't they base it off of like the Lamborghini Reventon? They ex- the name the. The extrusion well, no, no. style, the extrusion the style was like the front. If you looked at the front end of a Reventon, it was supposed to look like that with the headlights. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I have no. I didn't even know that. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. That's really cool. Still one of the cleanest decks there is to this day. Damn. In my yeah no, it was one of the cleanest decks. Remember when it came out? It was uh, Boy, it actually was so bad. I, I got <laughs> so I actually bad. got one for Christmas, and I went from a Mad Gear like four by. I want to say it was 4 by 20 4 by 19 maybe? The, the one from Walmart with the two-piece bars. Remember those? Yeah. That was like 4 by 19 and a half. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. So I had one of those decks, and then I went to the Phoenix when I got it for Christmas, and that was 4.25. And I like in my mind, I know this is like totally wrong, but in my mind, stepping on the 4.25 was still the widest deck I've ever stepped on in my life. Like, I... Even wider than the six and a half I have now. It was it's just like, I remember just stepping on it and there was concave and like my foot just like sank into the deck. And I was like, this is what a scooter deck should feel like. Like, I just remember that, that feeling of being like, yes, yes, sir. This is it. That was me in the Phoenix session. Yeah. Yeah. That was also one of the sickest colorways to this day. That bronze and the violet they did on that. Those like were interesting because they were textured. like the flat textured. Yeah, those were sick. Those were really interesting. Bring that back. Scooter companies, you heard? Phoenix did it sick. I feel like Proto, you remember when they had those like that weird silver like and black color that they had on? It was like. Oh, it's a patina so, feel. Yeah. Yeah, the silver with like the black dots all over it. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was a yeah, really interesting yeah. color. And then the, they had the, what was it? They called it a copper patina or Rust Patina. Yeah. On their proto. Uh, the proto uh, retros. Yeah. The retro tees. What, what did they have on it? 
it was uh it was like a rusted uh it was, they looked like they were rusted they just it was rusted. it was a, like a coppery brown hmm. but it had the texture of a rust yeah that's interesting hmm. yeah cars get painted like that i feel like i feel like affinity's the one right now who's really killing it with the colorways i mean that in my painting videos you know <laughs> Goofy, <laughs> but no, for real. Will gets his painting colors from uh, Affinity. Just an FYI, <laughs> he's like, they killed that. I'm gonna put that in my park now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't they have like a powder coater in shop though. Yeah, yeah. that's why they're able yep. to do it. Yeah, that's exactly. They the can just yeah. go play with colors and have a blast. Yeah, if they, if they mess it up, eh, just sandblast it, redo it. They no, no, they don't even have to do that. They give them out. Yeah, you don't even have to do see. that. You can just paint over it. If it's if something is powder coated, you just have to paint over it again, and it doesn't do anything. This is obviously makes it thicker, though, right? What well, it makes bit, the paint but, thicker, yeah, yeah. But you don't have to like if you like spray paint something, and then you go to powder coat over that. But you would have to paint strip it then. It's because the way the powder coat is baked, it, it just goes into the metal. Mm. Just cooking extra sauce. Yeah, because it's like it's yeah. like a. It's like a layer that hardens to the bars. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. They usually don't repowder coat it, though. They'll just have one off of those colors. Like, Tommy now has been hooked up twice with two different cool colorways. Tommy Kush? Yeah, Tommy K. Is his bars now uh, like affinity mess-ups? Still affinities. Yeah. I don't know if they're mess-ups, but they're colorways they just didn't do. Yeah, they, uh, it was like a sample sample yeah. run. They're the peach they color now. They're super sick. God, yeah, 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 because he has the peach bars. Yeah. I always wondered about those. Yeah, because they have that weird affinity sticker on them. They're like that re- that weird affinity sticker. Yep. That's so fascinating. Do you um, do you do you like like their bars? Affinities. This is the I'm for the first time in four years not writing affinities. What has made you like want to get those bars <laughs> time and time again? Uh, well, the last two sets I had were special colorways. They were the Tiffany blues, and Say then. You. Um, the ones before that were the revamp of Devin Pelfrey's first SIG. Cream. The cream. And I had those when they first came out, and I loved them. And so when they were able to come back out again, I hopped on them instantly. Still has them. I still do, yeah. Do you, oh, for, for everyone that, that hasn't... That that hasn't tried affinity bars before. Would you guys would say that they're a little bit heavier than the than, than yeah. the average handlebar? They yeah. throw like a BMX bar. Really. And and for me that's really weird because I I've ridden tie bars the last four years and now I ride aluminum bars. So for for me it's really I, I don't understand why people ride heavy bars. But hey, everyone has their own opinion on things, which is sick. So yeah, but do you did you like look forward to having that weight? When you ride, rode your bars and did like your bar spins, like, like what advantages did you see with that weight? Was it mental? Like, it wasn't so much the weight; it was the fact that you never saw them bend. Mm-mm. That's why I got them. I literally broke every part, and then I was like, "These bars are gonna break, and I'm gonna bust my chin open. I'm just gonna do the affinities." I had a super sick color. I had blend bars. They were like too much gold powder coat, so they looked bronze. Those are sick. I wish I never would have got rid of those. Mm-hmm. And then I've gone to sentries. I've gone to other T-bars. I've gone to tie bars. And now I'm back on affinities. I'm on Soulflow bars, but it's made by them. So we have our own colorways. But they're sick. They're still affinities. Tell, tell me, like, 
tell me what SoFlow is. I feel like a lot of people don't exactly know. It's like a shop. It's a brand. So I now ride for SoFlow. They're sick. It is a shop based out of Oregon. Um, I don't know. I feel like a shop is its own brand, right? You have your own riders. I don't think so. I think that I think that a shop and a manufacturer differ because um, there's plenty of manufacturers out there that don't have a shop, but there's but there's and there's a lot of shops out there that don't make any parts. And I feel like there's like those those couple hybrid shops that do it. Like for example, the Vault manufactures a few parts, but most right. of those things are just like pre-existing parts they put a label on. The Scooter Farm, I feel like, kind of takes it like what 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 SoFlo is doing brother. because they get their bars made also by affinity right um yeah. and and so it's like working within the scooter industry and i get they get like clamps and stuff made as well um but i feel like it would be like i feel like genuine generally a rider has a shop sponsor and a manufacturing sponsor potentially two manufacturing sponsors if those two sponsors don't overlap each other they on the scooter together. if they're able to work together um, but I feel like gen- like it would be like having two shop sponsors. It would be like weird. I feel like having two manufacturer sponsors, like I'm just going to say like Tilton Envy. Like you can't have Tilton Envy as both of yours. It's, it's just it's too much. And okay. C- can we talk about that later too? Like how the skate community does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah, so, just tell me what SoFlo is and we'll get into that. SoFlo yeah, sure. right now is a shop. There is some interest in expanding. Yeah. Um, right now we do headsets and bars, which I feel are very basic, but those aren't necessarily different parts, right? You can have a yeah. shop with your own bars, your own colorway to, again, promote back to yourself. Um, are there going to be differences in the future and we might manufacture? Maybe. I can't share too much. Do you have any, like, goals with the brand that you want to bring to the scooter community? That I mean, that, that you can talk about? Um, yeah, I can talk about it. Whatever steps we do take forward we're going to keep it within the community um we really don't want to maybe i can't expand too much on this let's say i can't actually i don't what's your mindset with the company what the mindset is we are owned by writers we want to do it from our perspective of writers um our team and our crew of people we have working at Oregon and in Arizona are pretty well communicating on how we want to take it as a group. Um, Is it only Oregon and Arizona for now? I think we have Tommy Mundo. Shouts him. He's sick. I think you guys have posted him a couple times. He does a lot of like weird bar twists and things. Okay. Um, he's in California, and we're just kind of on the edge of expanding and kind of on the edge. Is there of anyone in out. Washington? I'm sure there is. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with all your guys' names, but I think there's one or two of them in Washington. I see. So Josh brought Josh brought up a good good uh, talking point a second ago. He was talking about skateboarding and all the brands that they had. What what, what did you want to say about that? Okay. So what I don't get is why do like all the skateboarders? They have a board sponsor, truck sponsor, wheel sponsor, and they're all different big names. Yeah. You know. Um. You know, like Blind, mm-hmm. they make. Uh, you know. They don't necessarily make trucks, but they make wheels and decks mm-hmm. and, you know, they sell grip tape and hardware and all that stuff. But like somebody who rides blind, you know, typically rides their decks, but then is also sponsored by like Bones Wheels mm-hmm. or, you know, and ride their. So, so, so what you're trying to say is basically like 
why in skateboarding does a rider have three brands that sponsor them for a component that has five parts, but yet our scooter has 12 to 14 parts, but we're only allowed to have one, maybe two. Yeah. Is that like, why is it? Why? So my, why is it like that? I've actually done a lot of thinking about this. I feel like, um, it's something that Clayton and I talk about quite a bit is, is just sponsors. Cause I feel like there is some scooter riders out there. Like I think about Josh toy and whenever I see any of his posts, he has like 50 sponsors and I'm like, yo, like, who are all these sponsors? And he doesn't have that many anymore, I don't think. But for a while, it was like, when he was scootering a lot, he had like, I think he had like six manufacturing sponsors. Like, it was crazy. Like, he had a lot. And, but he was like the only dude that I ever really seen that had a lot of sponsors like that. And also, maybe JD, because he was on Urban Art and Ethic. And maybe Dan Barrett, he was on Aztec and, and Phoenix. Phoenix at the same. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like that's the, the, the most And stretch. Gummy, because he did his own wheel. And company. Gummy. And or not gummy rogue, rogue, rogue yeah. Sorry, yeah. gummy's weird. So so basically, like my best guess of why of why that's not like that in scootering is because when I I feel like when skateboards were introduced, they were introduced as as a surfboard with wheels on it, basically, and and that was that there was like a component that was a surfboard that you had to attach with the wheels and the trucks, and that was from rollerblading. And I feel like for there, this is the way it must have been. There must have been a dude who was really good at making boards. Like he just had a mold press in his garage or he made a mold press and he was just making boards a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Then there was probably another dude that had the had the, uh, the trucks. And yeah. and uh, he was like the truck dude. He had the supply of trucks and you would go to him for the trucks. There was another dude who had a, who had a lathe and he would make all the wheels with the, he would make all the wheels with the lathe. And I feel like, it was kind of like there was three different crowds that were able to kind of self-manufacture for a little bit. But I feel like when the scooter was released, it was released as one component. Like it was released out of the box as one component. There wasn't this handmade side in the beginning for it. I guess if you want to go back like really far, like when skateboarding was also starting, like sure, there was the handmade side of scootering. But I feel like when the when the Razor got released, it was yeah when the, the scooter craze happened exactly yeah. when the scooter craze happened i feel like that got released as one piece there wasn't like like yo if you put this like handlebar with this deck and these wheels then like you get a scooter you know what i mean like it, it wasn't that same sort of like you have to connect the dots you know what i mean it was this complete package so then when scooter companies came into the scene like mad gear and micro and all these other companies started to come out it was like it's like there are so many fundamental reasons that were wrong with the fold-up that, that they just wanted to start from the ground up again. So they just started making complete scooters. Everyone started making complete scooters. And then those scooter companies potentially got greedy with their riders. And they were like, well, why do you want to ride for the other company when we make everything? But think about independent trucks. Independent trucks have never made a deck in their life. Yes. Spitfire wheels have never made a deck. Anti-hero skateboards have never made trucks. Like... You know what I'm trying to say? And they kind of stick in their own lanes. But scooter companies, the entire scooter is their lane. Except for a couple random ones like Eagle, no. Um, Meta, no. You, you know, Affinity, no. You know, there's those couple little brands. And I feel like those brands would be really cool with their riders riding a lot of different parts. You know what I'm oh, yeah. Like, I feel like somebody could ride for Affinity and Meta and TSI. And, you know, what I'm trying to say and kind of like work their way throughout all the decks, but like orchestrating that whole sponsorship thing would be hard. That'd be really difficult to do. You'd have to like have personal relationships with all of those companies like well mm-hmm. in order to orchestrate that. And I feel like 
if anything, it comes down to greed within the scooter industry. At the end of the day, I think that's what it comes down to. It comes down to- From the to manufacturers, it's from, greed? From the large manufacturers in scootering that that saw how Razor released one piece and felt like they needed to copy that one piece. And that's why riders now only have like one brand. And I felt like Razor kind of had it like- created an unspoken expectation within the sport that scooter companies, if you're a scooter company, you make everything. You know, it's like, I, I look at any company now, it's like, I ride for Tilt. And when Tilt first came out, they were just pegs. And then they then they, then they they came out with a fork, and then they came out with a clamp, and then they came out with a headset, and they came out with wheels, and then they have bars, then decks, you know? And it, and it slowly came to, like, this company, but, like, but like yeah. and Tilt is now just about to drop their first complete. Exactly. And Tilt's been around almost 11 years now. But there's a lot of discussion about dropping that complete. There, there was a lot of hesitation. There's a lot of, like, what will this redefine the brand if we do release a complete? Like, what does this mean? And and it's 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 fascinating because because I feel like scootering, I feel like scootering is is this funny, this really funny thing because it it's it's like I feel like in skateboarding it's like Walmart brands or like pro skate companies don't make cheap skateboards because they just let Walmart brands or like Walmart just take care of that you know yeah and then it's like then it, then it's like you work your way up but the most expensive skateboard that there is is like. 150 bucks you know what i'm trying to say like mm-hmm. at the most maybe 200 if you want to go one of those carbon fiber decks or whatever but i don't know enough about that to know <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like it's like you're spending 150 bucks for a scooter i mean for a skateboard a pro top level top tier skateboard but it's like a scooter for you want a top tier scooter that's a grand you know and also scooter parts last a lot longer than skate parts so it's like mm. i don't know it's interesting for sure, a scooter deck long, lasts longer than a skate deck. I don't know if that's true always. That's... On average. On average, yeah. You think? Yeah. I feel like there's those weird instances where decks don't last as long as skateboard decks. But like that's something that... like. How often do you break a skateboard deck, really? Skateboarders usually go through them once every month to two months. Easy. Uh, the, okay. Well, it, depends on, it also depends on how good they are. It's either they snap it, they get razor tail, they... Yeah, I didn't know that. They get soggy... There's plenty of reasons. Yeah, or they can get sun warped. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah it's, it's, I thought it's, they lasted like as long as snowboards, really. I had no No, clue. no, 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 no. No. But I, uh, like Max, he'll go through a board almost once a week. True. I didn't think about that. Every 10 days, maybe. Max yeah. destroys boards. Yeah, yeah, he does. Who's Max? Max Ruland. Shouts Max. Do you have Freestone Local? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's uh, originally, originally from Iowa. Uh, I feel like Thomas is so good. Thomas oh, yeah. Thomas is nuts. Thomas is nuts, too. Thomas is so good. How many boards he go through? I don't know. Probably a lot. I don't know. I don't ever really see him break boards. I don't know. It's okay. So He breaks <laughs> mines, but not boards. <laughs> so I feel like scooter companies would be cool with, ha- with, with riders having multiple sponsors if they weren't scooter sponsors. Like, for example, if they got, like, corporate sponsors. Like, if Red Bull ever showed interest in scootering, then like yeah, I shouts Red Bull for following Clayton. That <laughs> do they still follow you? Uh, no, I found out that they actually unfollowed me like a couple months ago. Oh, I was man. pretty bummed. Dang. No, I lost it because they Why? they followed me right after the tornado plant. Why did they unfollow you? I don't know, dude. They're pussies. It's disrespectful. Just kidding. Love you, Red Bull. But sponsor me. But like, <laughs> but like hypothetically, a rider gets sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah. Um. 
I don't think they're. I don't think the manufacturing sponsor would care at all. No, they'd but, be so hyped. But I feel like that's just the next step in scootering. Yeah, I, I totally feel that they would be super hyped as because that's just yeah way more advertising mm-hmm. that you know that company's going to get because that person got sponsored by Red Bull. Daniel and I joke constantly. We need corporate. We need corporate to get into scootering. Oh yeah, big corporate. So oh, yeah. But Nike, get it, Daniel. He wants it. <laughs> Very soon. Just wait. <laughs> but but I feel like I feel like it's it's potentially interesting thinking about corporate sponsors within scootering. I feel like scootering is is so unique as an industry in one sense because it's completely self reliant. Like it's one of the few industries that's size that's completely self reliant. Sweet, but I think skateboarding starting out was self reliant, yes. Yeah, do you okay, let me ask you a hypothetical question. Do you think do you think if every single corporate company um pulled out of skateboarding, do you think skateboarding could survive? Now? Now. Yeah. Now if ever, if everyone pulled out, yeah. Yeah, they're developed. Really? They're developed. Do you really think so? Yeah, I th- well, oh. This brings up a totally Okay, different survive topic. how? No, this brings like, up a totally different topic because that means you foresee people continuing wanting to skateboard for the next generation. Yes, the, I don't is, know. Is, is that where you're determining as I'm surviving I'm or saying like have the popularity that it has has the no it no, always the, okay the, no the it reach. wouldn't no it wouldn't it yeah, would always decline yeah you take anything away it's I feel like decline. I feel like. Once you mix corporate sp- sponsors and scootering together, it's just gonna like blow, blow up, like it's it's gonna just be insane. It's gonna be so sick. Because I feel like there's, I feel like there's, there's this funny term in the fingerboard world. They call them closet fingerboarders, where like you would never know that the person fingerboards, and then you show them a fingerboard, and they're like, "Oh, dude, I fingerboard," you know. But I feel like there's a lot of closet scooter riders, a lot of scooter riders that like you wouldn't know that they know anything about scootering unless you like brought it brought up scootering to mm-hmm. them. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, dude, I have my scooter in my car. And I feel like if corporate sponsors trying to get into scootering and just the general mindset of scootering like shifted. So it became like seen in a positive light in the public eye. I feel like every single closet scooter rider would like come out. And it would be like, yo, we've been here the whole time. And you'd realize, you'd see just how big the scooter community is. Well, yeah, I think the guys that are already like super good with it don't care about the scooter thing. Like I've brought up scootering to literally everybody I've met and they're all like, yeah, that's kind of sick. Like it's weird, but like that's kind of sick. And there's not really a reason to be closeted about it yeah but you definitely see people within the industry 100 like i'm not saying that that you do it by any means i'm not saying that i do it. i'm not saying anyone in this room is a closet scooter rider but i'm i'm acknowledging that they exist less frequently now so yeah you think yeah i don't know i see okay maybe i feel like my position is kind of funny i see i feel like through where i am on instagram and seeing how like kids react i get so many pictures or so many followers that like i'll go to their like i'll get a follower and i'll go to their account not anything scooter on their their page i go to who they're following and they only follow scooter riders like pro scooter riders and i'm just like do you have to post about it to be about it though i feel like no (laughs) clean's over here give me that look no i feel like no you would organically post about it 
I didn't. I did like, not not so much because a lot of people yeah, no, I did ride and they don't want to film themselves and just like have it out there. Like they just ride for fun, so they don't 100%. feel like they need to put it on Instagram. Josh only does stuff for Instagram he wants to do and likes. I feel like you right? would, yeah, hundred percent. I feel like half the time it's having to go to ask someone to write, you know, to film. It. <laughs> it's and the hardest part for him. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you would, you would, even you would trick. be able to see it like through, through what they've done. I feel like you would see potentially like a scooter shirt that they're wearing in a photo. You would, it would, it would organically come up in one way or another. Not if they're posting Instagram videos or not. You would some, you would somehow see it. But I feel like. And where I'm, what I'm mostly talking about is not people our age. I'm mostly talking about kids. Hundred percent. And and it's like I feel like a lot of kids, like, want to like show that they scooter, but they're like worried about what the kids at their school are going to say about them and stuff. Because I've seen that happen before, and I've actually I felt that. Get that? Yeah, no, I, I get I've that. Totally felt that too. That's yeah. kind of what I was yeah. going to say. Is all in high school I rode, but I didn't. I don't think I posted about it much, but I everybody I knew. I don't knew. think Instagram was yeah popping. Instagram <laughs> wasn't popping when Where did you graduate. I thirteen. Okay, but I wasn't writing at yeah. that time. I True. I had stopped writing because I had focused on uh, Man, high school sports. So young, but what year you graduate? Sixteen. Sixteen. I was fifteen. Okay, I don't feel that young now. We're good. It's all right. So I'm the oldest one here. Capitan! <laughs> All right, let me ask you guys an interesting question. Do you think Instagram has benefited or weakened scootering? Uh, okay. Weakened? Weakened? No. Not a chance. Benefited? Not necessarily. Yes, but not to the best ability. Yes. I would like to see actual video parts from most of these kids that are throwing hammers for Instagram. Got you. And... And I'm sick and tired of seeing kids <laughs> no. post 10 bales in slow-mo for one, you know, not measly trick, but one measly trick. Oh, and also don't forget about like it, it shows that the, them about to land the trick and then it cuts to black and then it plays the clip. Yeah, that's annoying too. It's my favorite. Um. Guys, be like Josh. Josh films a clip. Josh doesn't even splice the clip together. Josh puts one clip after another, and he goes, cool, I'm done, and posts it. Or it's just a bunch of singles. Yeah. It's, it's little little effort in the editing, hardly any music ever. And if I do, it's because somebody else edited it. I'm totally kidding. Please put effort in. It looks sick when you do. Just I have a minute and a little bit of time, so don't make me watch a video all day long on Instagram. So, so why do you like video parts more than Instagram edits? Why do you enjoy those? That's an easy one. It makes you feel something. Like you genuinely get captivated. I mean, you feel something when you watch an Instagram video. Yeah, what is that? usually it's enraged. What, what, <laughs> what is that? What is that feeling though? It's. I feel more inspired watching an edit. Sorry, I'm getting way too close to this. I feel more inspired watching an edit than I will ever feel with an InstaClip. InstaClip, I'll be like, wow, that was insane. That was super sick and something that like will never be done by anyone else. But to have a build-up, an intro, a middle, a song kind of captivate you the entire time and then see that is way more mind-numbing than an InstaClip. 
Yeah, I, I'd much rather watch uh, you know uh, watching video parts. We we do this all the time. We'll sit down and watch like the newest part that comes out on Trend Kill that week, or so, sometimes it's just old favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching people try and put effort into you know and spending so much time on these parts to make it exactly how they wanted to it makes us want to go out and ride and film and push ourselves. And do you not feel that way with Instagram videos? No. No. no, no. I mean, th- there are times of like that was sick. Oh, I'm I go I try should, to learn that. Yeah, I want to go try and learn that. Yeah, but it's like one simple, you know, not one simple trick, but one trick that you can only do it like one spot. Instagram videos, inspiration level. Video part, inspiration level. Okay, it's a well, big difference. Do you do you think? I okay. Like why? Like why do you think that is? Do you think it's because when you sit down? And watch and edit. You're usually watching on your computer, and whenever you watch it on your an uh, Instagram video, it's always on your phone. Is it the format? That no, you guys it's really you like? taking the time out of your day to do that thing in particular. It is not you up. Oh, I got a couple. Not minutes just to not just stumbling scrolling. upon it, right? But like actually you're going to choosing that instead of watching Adventure Time or so doing so, homework. Like so you, you choose to do that. It's like instead of half looking at an Instagram posts, you're fully indulged, engaged in, in every sense. Got of you, yeah. Got you. Do you think? Do you think that there is more or less scooter edits these days than than in the beginning? Shouts Daniel Northern Limited with the watch edit sticker. Watch edits. Yeah, watch them. Do you think there's more scootering edits now or like in the past? Well, there's more writers now, so there's going to be more edits yeah, now, yeah, but yeah. consistently, like, we watched that Cody Donovan video parts when we were last year, and you guys were filming a podcast, and there was so many that were consistent. It was every six months, he had videos coming out. Yeah. Um, there are certain guys in the community that do that. Um, there's certain guys that ride for different companies, apparel and shops and actual sponsors for the scooters, but they're even less frequently dropping parts and Mm. it's kind of irritating because will josh and i ride street and clayton kind of rides park but i wish i could watch more park edits in this day same that'd be cool no dude those are so sick they're so rare not many still one of my favorite all-time video parts is dylan morrison's listen to yourself yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, the it's, Bose video. yeah, the Bose, yeah, that corporate. It is, <laughs> yeah, corporate. It is so corporate well put chatter. together, and like I, I know all of it's at parts, but it's unbelievable, you know how good everything was done, and it's just ridiculous, you know. I sometimes I'd like to see that in the street community, but that's not what the street community is about. They're you know about that standard footage or making it look standard anyway, Gosh. and yeah. But What's your opinion on that? Do you think that's cool? Making it look standard? Just standard in general. Like, why do you think that's such oh, a so thing sick. in scootering? Because it's a big thing in skateboarding, and that's where a lot of us older guys, you know, get from. would get our motivation from. Back in the day, because there was so few scooter edits, especially street ones back in the day, that, you know, you would go and you'd watch the skate videos that and came out. And even those were SD. Well, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Even yeah, those were SDs. The, all the footage we've been grown up on is SD. So sh- street riders have still kind of steered towards old-fashioned ways. Can I can I can I throw a hypothetical at you guys? Mm-hmm. I, I just want to hear something. So I've 
I filmed my, my welcome to meta part. Um, I filmed that in 720p. And I was like, I feel like it's kind of like between standard and high def. Yeah, like it's actually on, you, on, on it's like high def, but it, but good. it has that crispy standard look. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that, for, for and actually so, on YouTube now, it's not even considered HD. Is it not? No, it ten it's only 1080 and up is now HD. 720 is now just standard. SD part. SD. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> so I think that it's, and this is coming from a scooter rider. I think it's potentially disrespectful to skateboarding that scooter riders use standard footage and let me explain so let me explain for just a second get over it i get over it i i feel like i feel like standard footage is something that's so meaningful to skateboarding history um and the reason i say that is because i would say the probably the most coveted skateboard filming camera is the vx1000 oh totally or vx2000 but let's just go with the vx1000 it's earlier um, and I feel like the reason that was such a coveted camera is because at one point in time in skateboarding history, that was the brand new, brand new spanking good camera. Yeah. And that was the really good camera you could get that was top of the line. And I feel like there was a lot of a history attached with that time period with like the people who got that camera with a lot of things. And I feel like, I feel like for scooter riders, to take that same camera that was important to to skateboarders back in the day, especially for skateboarders trying to make VHS tapes, um, I feel like I feel like for scooter riders to go and take that piece of skateboard culture that that like scooters weren't around when that camera came out. Like scooters were released, mm-hmm. like scooters became in popularity like with the internet. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like the first ever like scooter edit, the place it was published was on the internet. You know what I mean? And the first ever place a skateboarding video was published was on a VHS, VHS test. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? So I feel like it's kind of like, like, yo, like 1080p existed when scooters started. Like, you know what I mean? At least 720p did. But what do you mean? Did did scooter riders have that finance? No, they had their old VX. They had their old mom camera. I feel like mom cameras are understandable, but I feel like I feel like it's it's just like I don't know. I think it's a cool look. I enjoy it. I like watching it, but I feel like I feel like it's not the same history to scootering as it is history to skateboarding. And I feel like that that I feel like it's it's not anything that I feel like people should be like, "No, don't don't film with the VX1000." But I feel like it's it's something that scooter riders should be like conscious of when they are filming with those cameras. Yeah. You know, it's like the whole reason I have this is because of skateboarding history. And be wicked with it. Yeah. Make sure if you're using it, you best be wicked with it. Yeah. You, you better be on point with it. Otherwise, don't even use it. There's better Put cameras. It on the shelf. There's better cameras that will make you look way better than you're actually doing. I also feel like another reason that Instagram videos are so popular is because of how easy it is to film them. You know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. you don't need a you don't need a backpack anymore to have a to have a camera. <laughs> well, even even no. now like our do it. cell phone cameras take better pictures than most DSLRs. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Film a full part like this, upload it on your iMovie like this, and put it on YouTube. Well, actually, something that's crazy is that they filmed um, probably more now, but last year there was eleven feature films filmed with an iPhone. Yeah, no, there's. Uh, I know with this the new twelve and the twelve or the twelve Pro that coming out, it's already being used in uh, 
movies now as you know for drone clips and stuff it's insane so for drone clips yeah like they put yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's so interesting i didn't even think that that's like a good use for it yeah instead of using the 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 gopro pros yeah because the gopros are like wide angles yeah yeah damn big brain that means all y'all film a full part all right so the last thing I want to talk about with you guys today, and I feel like it's something that's just because of the time, and I feel like it's something that we should just talk about. We're at like a really interesting point in American history, um, and I feel like we're also people that live in America, um, and we don't have, I mean, we have a president right now, but we're kind of in the midst of potentially changing president candidacies. I mean, if, if everything goes to plan for Joe Biden, we, we don't know, you know what I'm trying to say? And I feel like it's it's just it's just interesting. So for all of our viewers that like aren't in America and are just like curious what kind of craziness is going on, like what's your guys' opinions of the world right now? As in like if Joe wins or if, No no, just uh, right this moment. Like like if you're gonna go back and like watch this. I in can some sum sort of it time. up to I felt this exact feeling Saturday morning on the way to Tucson. I'm not living in a reality. Like this feels so out of what people have made life to seem. Oh yeah. My, my parents tried explaining like, this is kind of like this when I grew up, this is kind of like, but it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. This feels. Have you felt like almost overwhelmed Um, in like random times when you shouldn't feel overwhelmed? Um, Kinda. I mean, I've got a lot going on in my life. Yeah. I think a lot of us do, but I yeah, feel yeah. like living in these day and age is exceptionally different and sometimes overwhelming. I feel like what's interesting about this time is like with how fast technology is improving, like we don't really know what's in store for the next five years. And I feel like in the past and like our parents' generation, I feel like it was a little bit more easy to see what the future, what the next five years was going to be because technology wasn't going to be moving at at the exponential rate it is now. Or at least if it was, it was like a lot smaller. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like I just, it's it's just so interesting where we're at right now. I feel like there's just such interesting energy outside. Yeah. I mean, I wish I... Everyone's confused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one knows where the world's going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. let alone a year from now or five years from now. Yeah. it's You kind of just have to take, you know, everything one day at a time. It's been good. We've been doing that, but it's been very stressful. All right. Let me ask you a, a follow-up question to that. How happy are you guys that you have, that you, you guys are able to have scootering in this time period? Because imagine going through all this life crap and like not having like your scooter to like. That's my peace of mind. You know what I'm trying to say? I like, think that's part of the reason Hudson's so endearing is that that, like, that has been my... It's local. been your local for four years. Four years. Yeah, I finish up school and I get to move somewhere and it's not next to Hudson. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, take I, that park with me wherever I go. <laughs> Put it in my back pocket. Take it in your heart. <laughs> no, it's coming. I'm going to get the crane and everything. <laughs> Sorry, Tempe. It's mine. I, uh, you know, I... I'm happy that I, one, I still can scooter. Um, that's, <laughs> but no, I, you know, as Jay said, it's his, well, what, I forgot what word you used, but it's your, uh, your, his peace of mind. 
It's just peace of mind. Yeah, no, it's a, you know, it, big brain. it allows me to, you know, kind of not think about, you know, other things I have going on in life at the time. You know, it's kind of just a break from everything else. Like I'm there to scooter, have a good time with my, you know, with my buddies or if I'm just there myself, I'm, just, you know, just fine tuning stuff or just, you know. Yeah, it's weird because like it's like a me- it's a mental break for you. True or false? Is it kind of like a job? Like you don't you feel obligated to every once in a while? Oh, absolutely. I feel obligated to school. Never. I made that clear with our sponsor that I did not want to feel pressure because if I felt pressure from something I wanted to enjoy, I would not start to enjoy anymore. So you know what the toughest, in my opinion, the toughest part of my job is? is Kids. No, no, no. I, the, the kid, I hesitated on that one. But I was like, nope, that's it. No, the kids the kid are fine. I, I don't have any like cra- crazy like scooter kid incidents. I mean, I have a few. But, <laughs> I was going to say. But like, no, that doesn't. That, I think the hardest thing or like not the hardest, but the, the cause this is such a dumb word. This is the hardest part of my life. Like my life is great. Your life but, is great. But, but I feel like <laughs> the most mentally challenging part is, is, Having your hobby be your job. Wow. Sorry, it's time to take the trash out. Disrespectful. <laughs> I already got it. What? Uh, Roommate things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what was I just saying? Something about scootering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the hardest part. Yeah. But is, it's not the hardest part. Is, is having your hobby be your job. Because I find myself like. Yeah. That'd be like, weird. Like. I'll I'll scooter to have my release, but then sometimes, not often, but sometimes I need my release from scootering. And and like that's that's like But that's why you have multiple hobbies. That that is true. For a lot of for a lot of people that don't know, I'm really into my fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Thick Boy. <laughs> um I'm really you know what's interesting about snowboarding is when I go snowboarding, I almost make a point out of like not filming anything, or I, I almost I almost enjoy being around people that aren't focused on getting content. Like if we get no content for the day, it's like dope, it, because it's like the Sick. whole the whole reason that I like snowboarding is it's because it's like it's this freeing thing, you know what I mean? And I and I really enjoy that, and it's like it's so funny. I need like a freeing passion from my freeing passion. passion. Yeah. yeah, but I. Well, I well, don't know. I think that's that's why I don't film all the time. Like yeah, I do stuff all the time that's totally, you know, post worthy, you know, or save you know, Josh but, is wicked. He's scary to ride with sometimes. But I <laughs> I just that doesn't make it fun to sit there and have to, you know, try it over and over again on film, you know, kinda of the putting that added pressure on you. No, it's you know, Sometimes, do you ever enjoy the struggle of filming? Like, do you ever enjoy not landing the tricks? <laughs> Wrong time, Will. Wrong, Wrong time. time. <laughs> we just right. were at surprise, and he uh, got worked for a little bit too long. Yeah, <laughs> on something that I should have landed like third try. And didn't get the clip. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not get the clip. Everyone, it's fine. But I will have to go back and get it. But <laughs> it was sick. It was, yeah, I got worked, but I made sure to get back up and try again right then and there, otherwise, and made sure I landed on a decent attempt, not one where I True. just, like, I was I was trying this, it was weird run-up, but on an A-frame rail, do a whip from board heel, but come at it from almost a 90-degree angle. Yeah, did you see the Insta clips? Yeah. 
Yeah, the one where we just kind of came in crooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you've been there. You've written it, so you know how it is. But um, so I was trying to whip from board on that, and it just there was a couple times where I just did not catch that front board or that whip right. Uh, the one time I or when I landed on the rail, my front foot caught the rail and bucked me. I landed on the rail on my hip and then back flopped, bounced. Mm. Yeah. I've, what about Goodyear though? our parks video was that not super satisfying and sick to oh oh get? yeah no that one was that, that was, was total- an hour and a half yeah and i had almost landed at first try on film <laughs> and i spent like another hour Those hour are and the a half funniest ones huh yeah they're not funny they're terrible <laughs> those are the worst you know what i caught myself doing like when i was doing for my meta meta video there was like there's like one or two parts where i caught myself like really having a good time not landing the trick and it wasn't because i wasn't like it was like I wasn't quite fully committing to it, but I was like, I was like enjoying the struggle of just not landing it. I don't like I I was enjoying the process of like figuring it out of like not really figuring it out, but like enjoying the process of of not landing it. So that way, when you do land it, it like you were enjoying the battle. I was like, enjoying the because battle. It- when you finally did land it, it made it much more satisfying. But I feel like a lot of the times battles with tricks can be really like scary and not fun. You know what I'm trying to say? Like no. as soon as you land the trick, you're like, Oh, well I'm glad that I'm glad that shit's over. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I caught myself just being like, being like, nah, like I don't mind taking a, a few tries right now. Like I'm enjoying this. This is fun. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to work at this until I like, I get it good, you know? Or you land it sketching and like, nah, I can do that better. Let's go back and run it a couple more. Yeah. I do that it's, all the time. It's the best. I don't know. It's the best when like you you show up to like a spot or like a feature, and like you're scared of it, and then you finally like like start hitting it, and you like cross over the point in your mind where it's like I am no longer hucking this. I am seshing it. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, no, those are some good. That spots. that's a that's a good time. Yeah, that's a good time when it transfers over in your mind. Like yeah. I'm not sending this anymore. I'm like yeah the the. The best one, the best, at least in my experience for me that I, you know, that comes to mind, the first one that comes to mind anyway, is the down, the, the big down rail at Freestone. Yeah. That one is, Sash. it's, it scared me for years to hit it and I would only hit it backside and I would only backboard it. And it took me a while to I send. I bet that that, like when you were a kid or at least learning, I bet that was like the big boy rail. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. that was the big boy. Yeah. For like, me, it was Tempe's 10. Not Tempe's 10. It was Rio's 10. Ooh, I bet that one, yeah, too. Yeah, see, no, I I <laughs> still don't think one. I've ever hit that one. Really? It's good. Yeah. I've only ever 50'd that rail. Oh, no, 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 no. I front board the flat down. That's not terrifying. I've done a couple different things on that rail, but that one's hard because it's sticky. It's it inconsistent. Is. But that is the scary one that I grew up trying to ride. Got you. And getting broke off. Got you. Uh, the thing is, uh, the only rail that I've ever gotten really worked on is the freestone rail. The big one? Yeah. I tried to back whip it. Yeah, I just stuck. <laughs> oh, it's it's a tough one. No, Where'd you, you stick, though? He, he didn't stick. He just didn't clear his back wheel over the back wheel. <laughs> you oh, got no legs. <laughs> Honestly, I thought I just stuck. No, no you, you got no legs. Your, your back wheel caught the rail and you just tackled it. That means you didn't oh, get okay. in it. You got to just full sender. <laughs> Tuck it over. Yeah, I... I actually still haven't landed a backlip down it. Really? Yeah, I've backlipped down the ledge. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. dude, it was gross. Oh, it was I've done, so I've done sick. it a couple times, but so I sick. haven't actually landed it down the rail yet. You got to do the flat down. <sighs> no, like, he does the down, and he has no, it all like tucked over and just like sugar cane almost. No, yeah, no, it no, definitely no, was I'm, over ninety, but it was just dragging, just very slightly over ninety, but wheels dragging. Yeah, Shaky. Gotcha. Yeah, shaky. Mm. That's wild. Yeah, no, but scary. On it's I backflipped down the the Pecos. Uh, uh, the big yeah, the big one. I still haven't even wait, managed to make open it. One, yeah, I like that rail too. That's a sesh rail. That's like free stones, but just a little bit longer and steeper. Yeah. Uh, it steeper? No, it's not even steeper. I don't think it's steeper. It's, it's not steeper. Not, no, it's just it's a little. It's, it's just longer, same. longer, and yeah. so it comes out. You come out of it faster. Yeah, might be a little taller too. It, yeah. The and doesn't have that stupid concrete. Yeah, it's that concrete it. yeah. block that wasn't. Can you imagine how better the fruit generator would be if that block wasn't there? Yeah, no, and if the top of it so actually funny. had uh, some ex- some extension was yeah. extended out on it, and maybe a little taller. <laughs> Ride freestone. Just all Ride freestone. You'll understand what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's the time check on this? Hour seventeen minutes. Hour and seventeen. Yes, sir. Dang, man. I feel like I feel like I kind of want to call it there. I need to have a new pair of shades, though. I almost got through the whole bucket. That was a low-key goal. How many shades can I put on in this video? Honestly, you kind of slacked because the um, the Christmas light, or the Christmas glasses, they light up. Yeah, they do. Yeah, there's a button on the back. Get out of here. Oh, there used to be two, but I think someone jacked it. Yeah. Oh, but there's three settings, bro. There's, there's three settings. Three settings. Hold up. All right, we gotta go in at least another five minutes so I can mess with the settings. Um, <laughs> how's your day going? <laughs> so you're in the holiday spirit right now. Are you actually okay? Last little. Are you guys looking forward to the holidays this year? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm hoping it's gonna be. I know it's gonna be a little different because I know at least for my family we're not doing a big Thanksgiving. At my does your whole family live in Arizona? Uh, all of my dad's side does. My mom's side lives in um, Wisconsin. Got you. What about you? What is family? <laughs> no, shout out to my mom and my pops and my sister. Um, we spend Thanksgiving in the dunes and Christmas in the dunes. So they're our second family. That's so sick. It's so much. You're fun. related to the dunes? I am. Yeah, the sand that you see as we drive on the I-8 out to San Diego again. That's me. It's my blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably actually has a lot of blood out there. Yeah, but it's good. <laughs> that was favorite, funny. Favorite place to be. My, mine? Yeah. Are you asking me? Or no, you're saying that's that is your my favorite, favorite place to be. Got you, got you. Are you going home for the holidays? Uh, <laughs> off the books. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe not. Are you? Um, I'm actually going to Texas for Thanksgiving and then I don't know what I'm doing for Christmas, but the one thing I'm hyped about Christmas this year is that I feel like just everyone in general, since it's kind of coming to the end of 2020 and 2020 has just been so insane. I think everyone's like pretty excited and like, yeah, but, but I feel like the election is just messing with everyone right now. It is, but at the same time, like I feel like there's such a better energy now that it's coming to, to the end of the year and the happier times, like whenever it's kind of like yeah. families are able to get together. Maybe even if it's not like they can get together as they normally can, but they get to have that human contact. That exactly, exactly, and kind of have that just like 100 percent end of the year, like whew, all right, we're done. 
hopefully. Who yeah, knows? And the end of the year it's tends to be fly up because there, you've got so much going on. You know, you yeah, got to yeah, see exactly. one family this weekend, another part oh, this weekend. Oh, my weekends are booked. It's crazy. And, yeah. It's crazy. I have a tiny family, so I see them once, and that's it. It's just my family in the dunes. <laughs> that's it. No, we see our grandma and grandpa, too, about Christmas So wait, time. you have family that lives in the dunes? The dunes are blood. That is in my... <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody lives in the dunes. That's just where we go as a group. Yeah, my but in Star like Wars, people live in the desert. Like, yeah, up in the dunes. Tatooine. The well, th- that's Tatooine. That the whole planet is a desert. Yeah, it's just like Arizona, right? Uh, well, actually, Arizona actually has you a lot of different landscapes. Staff? We have mm. different geomes and biomes, and totally tons of different. These lights are sick. <laughs> Dude, right? Wait, isn't Mount Lemmon the only place that has like every type of environment? It has like swampland, forest. Tucson, right? Yeah, they're gonna hate me, but has something like that. It's Tucson. It's, yeah, Tucson. it's, Tucson. it's a dirty tea. <laughs> oh, speaking of dirty tea, street jam. Oh yeah. On Be the there. 22nd, right? 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. It's put it on by Crampo. Crampo. Shout out to Brampton Briss. Brampton Briss. Um, there's also a scooter competition the day before at Premises. There'll be a live stream. Um, you can go to Scoot United, United Scoot, something like that. And they'll be advertising their live stream. So if you want to see some competition, check it out. It's pros, beginners, and street riders. Oh, yeah. And then on the 5th, the Endowed Ride Day, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's going to be hype. You, you guys need to be there at the Endowed Ride Day. It's going to be an excellent time. So, Oh, actually, this is a Wait, great question. What day is you the 5th? So, <laughs> so we're getting some rails made tomorrow. Mm, okay. What do you heard. think, like, for a flat bar outside of your house, what's, like, a cool rail that you can make without having to bend the rail? Like, other than, like, a Z rail or something. We, Do you want me to be honest? Yeah. A straight flat bar is the best. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. But, like, besides this, that, this is, this is what we got so far. We got the A-frame. Tw- 20-foot circle rail. Okay. That's going to be pretty equivalent to, like, the other one. I'm okay. thinking, like, between 8 and 12 inches tall. Okay. Um. Then there's a shotgun rail that I want to be a little bit taller. Okay. Um. And then we have to figure out the last rail. So let's figure out the last rail right now. We're, we're, okay, well, okay. Uh, are you trying to make a rail that's going to kill us like that one that rolls? Or are you trying to make a rail that like might be fun to ride? No, no, this is like for learning tricks. Which A-frame. You think A-frame rail? A-frames are so fun to ride. But I feel like you need an A-frame for the A-frame rail. Unless you're insisting that me and Clayton build an A-frame. You just do it like the shotgun. Well, you do wood I mean, and two by fours and go... <laughs> same thing. Well, is that the right sound effect? Well, that, that's perfect. How big of... How big is the shotgun rail that you make it? No, oh, how, how 10 big? Feet long. 10 feet long. How tall? Probably like a foot and a half to a okay, foot. Okay, I think you also... Make it three. Get Clayton to hop a little higher. I think you need to make oh, it... Oh, screw you, Like Chase. a taller rail. Taller is a slippery slope. Because when I made that double kink rail, the one that everyone is terrified to ride because it's so tall. Okay. In my mind, I was like, this ain't too tall. It's not, but it's hard to ride. It is. I feel like it makes more sense to, for a backyard cool feature thing that's um, gonna like not wobble because the taller it gets, the easier it wobbles. Yeah, it's the, like the some, bigger the bigger the plates have to be. Yeah, yeah. You ever rode the reds recently? They've got an A frame there, just a little bit bigger than that. Round rails, boom. Oh, it's like the little rooftop rail, like the the up down. It's an A frame. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. In my mind, A frame rails always have the banks on it though. 
Why would you want that? Like the like the scooter farm or Yeah, no, I get that, but you don't need that. So you're saying like a really kind of mellow A-frame rail. Mellow? I didn't say that. I said it should be mellow. I feel like if you're going to run be tricks, m- mellower doesn't have to be like super mellow where it's almost flat. Not as steep as the flat to up that we were riding today. See, I feel like that's pretty mellow though. Oh, then like that. Like that. Yeah. I, I don't either that or a not shotgun single round single single round <laughs> or a full round. on kinked rail that is well you'd have to bend that though unless you, you no you could cut angles you could weld angles it's just what what it, what Clayton was trying to say is like we can't bend like a nice curve into it like we can't have like an S uh, rail I see you know what I mean we could have a Z rail we could have a kinked rail Z rails are real hard to ride I Ramps feel like did one but it's kind of hard to ride I feel like they're like a really cool novelty. But I don't feel like there's something that I would want to go back to every day in like sesh. Oh, yeah, no. You know what I mean? That, that's something you like, you know, the couple times that we, we, we've we come over and had like all the homies, that's when you bring that rail out. Exactly. It's like the it's like the rail on wheels. It's like yeah. when is ever when. It... <laughs> I'm never riding that again. Yeah, same. It's terrible. <laughs> hey, what about a pole jam? Nah. That's pole jams, jams are hard. hard. No, I yeah. mean like, I mean like a mellow pole jam. Not like a crazy one, because like a so crazy one would just slide anyways. Rail? I don't know. I feel like it, it's rail. I guess. I, I feel like, like A-frame. pole jam is like, still a pole jam, but it's just you gotta go farther. Pole, like, well, no, no, no. The pole jam is to the ground. That's, that's no fun to ride. I feel like the real advantage of a pole jam is to ride up at fifty fifty on a skateboard because it's kind of like a kicker. But like, there's yeah. no like equivalent to that on scooters. Will Judy been killing that pole jam though? Will Judy's the best at pole jams though. I don't know about that. I watched. but that, that's just a, that's a feature. That's one of his gifted features. He is. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And it's like he he likes those ones, but I feel like I feel like you might as well just make an up rail if you're gonna make a pole jam. Like you're gonna have to jump onto the rail at some point. You can't mm-hmm. just ride onto it. There's no advantage to it. Like it is for skateboarding. You know. Have you guys rode Caesar Chavez recently? They got a good up rail. Which one? Caesar Chavez. It's um. It's uh, Rob Deerdick's. Uh, one of the Rob Deerdick's like say oh, skates. I've seen that online. I've never been to it though. It's on the yeah. yeah so it's Hermosa Head and East or West. Uh, basically three lanes. Yeah, and it uh, and then all it, intersect. Yeah, all intersects. There's a giant bank on one side. Uh, there's one quarter. Then there's like a a stair set, right? Yeah, there's a stair, stair set, set with, with some hubbas points. and a rail in the center. Uh, We'd be slashing that flat bar too. <laughs> yeah, there's a flat bar there too, bar and on the one side of the flat bar, there's actually like a dirt gap. Uh-huh. Um, there's an up rail that uh, fun like to hit six too. Six inches hop on and about a foot and a half. Maybe eight inches to hop on, and then yeah. uh, shoots you out. Foot and a half. What I'm saying, maybe like, I feel like, like that'd be two. really sick. Maybe it's not that hot. Yeah, not but that. that's yeah, that'd be sick. I feel like. I'd have to try hard on that one, so like it'd be less. I feel like it with the homies. It's like I'm trying something new, weird. I feel like if it started at like six inches, and then ended at like a foot or like fifteen, it'd be like very gradual up. And I feel like it'd be it'd be even potentially. Like I want like the high part. Like I want the end of it to be something that would be like easy to jump into. So that way you can so that re- way you can hit both sides. So no, so that way you could really practice tricks into down rails, but the down rail that you're jumping into is just on the ground. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the advantage I see to it. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I get that. Because when I, I was a kid, I had the Razor Punk Road. We actually have one in a garage. Because Chad's oh, Chase, yeah. it still lives. Um, his does anyway. About. Um, Little white rail. Mine got stolen and left it on the in the bushes in front of my house, and it got stolen. Uh, Four inches tall by like maybe three feet. Uh, maybe. It's like four and a half feet or something. I don't know. But no, I would uh, I would put it down the curb so I could hit it down the curb. Like once I got comfortable after hitting it flat, um, I would put it down the curb. I eventually put bricks underneath it too to make it taller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, I would put a brick out underneath it so it was you know level off the curb. So it was a higher drop off the curb. Uh, and I you know did the same thing angled off the curb with the bricks too to make it taller, but. Definitely yeah. did that growing up at that same rail. And then I was blessed, and my dad came home with a bunch of metal from a construction site, and I said, we're going to make a rail out of this. And we did. So then I had a big rail. I learned everything on the little one to the big one. Do you know what's funny? The, the only obstacle I had as a kid, well, I had I had a very similar rail to the rail on wheels, except it wasn't on wheels. Thank God. And, and I had... Um, that basically that same exact ledge that we have, but there's only the circle coping side. There wasn't the square coping side. And that did me well. Moderately well. You know? <laughs> yeah. See, I wish I would have had a ledge like that growing up. Because my parents wouldn't take me to the skate park for the longest time because they didn't... Like, my dad saw, like, from his generation, the kids that went to the skate park were... Bad druggies, yeah, yeah, druggies, always doing, you know, always getting into shenanigans. But from what I've heard from my dad over the, you know, last couple of years as I've gotten older, uh, you know, he did a lot of stuff that uh, nowadays would get you arrested, and it was just a slap on the back of the hand back then. But so How like, old were you when you went to first skate park? First park. First oh. ever park. Um, I actually went there for skateboarding, um, and I was like... Scooter. Oops. What? I meant on a scooter. Oh, on a scooter. Um, but skateboarding too, sure. Skateboarding. I was in fifth grade. How old were you in fifth grade? Uh, 10? Ele- 10, 11. I was 10 or 11. Um, first time on a scooter was uh, was freshman year. So Fifth, 14, 15. I was like 14 or 15. I think I was 14 because I've been scootering for 10 years now. 14. So I... The first time I went on a skateboard, well, that was the first time was with a skateboard. That was seventh grade. So it was 12, 13, something like that. Um, first time I went on a scooter, it was actually, I think, later that same year. But uh, it's, scooters weren't allowed at that skate park. And so I didn't get to ride it very long before I got kicked out. Um, I had to do that for a long time and, but eventually I was able to, uh, well, I, my parents would drive me out to, uh, Apache Junction Skate Park, which was the next closest one. Actually, it was the only closest one that allowed scooters at the time. Um, and I now despise that park, but that's besides the point. It's all right. (laughs) It's not worth the drive always, but it's all right if you want it. (laughs) <laughs> I was grew up riding bikes, so like going to the skate park was always I 
seven or eight first time going to a skate park and I think the first time I went on a scooter I had been 10 or 11 and didn't really start riding them until I was in my front yard it's like to me front yard obstacles where I learned everything it mm-hmm. wasn't oh, at the skate park no same I I knew how to tail whip and bar spin and 180 and 360 way way before I went to a skate park on the, for the first time true really yeah I knew how to do all of that. Um, I pretty immediately started going to the skate park right after. My parents just let me take the train. I live pretty close. Sweet. The only reason why I I learned how to drop in was because I had a friend who had like a three foot mini ramp in his backyard. And that's where I learned how to drop in. I tail whipped off the backside of it before I dropped in on that. Because it was terrifying. scary, and this was on a Razor A model. Yeah, that's this terrifying. this wasn't even this wasn't even a pro model. It wasn't bolted, nothing. Yeah, dude, the first scooter I ever had was like I swear, like a centimeter off the ground. It, it was, was a low rider. I'm not sure. Like it was called a Stingray, and I don't know if it was just broken or what, but it was literally slammed. Like I was riding a slammed scooter. Okay, basically, it had 25 extra horsepower. Twenty-five. <laughs> yeah. Did 25. it have extra pop in it too, or? Uh, yeah, and it wouldn't fold either, so. It would not fold? No, like it, it, it could, but everything was all rusted and broken. Oh, so uh, yours was, could was it like fold. A, <laughs> was it like a hand-me-down or like something off of like, or was it like Goodwill Honestly, purchased or I, what? I can't remember. I just remember one day I just started riding it. Actually, I have the rare footage of me as a four or five-year-old. My parents drained the pool. And I had a scooter down there. You got the scooter in the pool? I got a scooter the deep end of my pool at like four or five years old. And they have a photo of me. I don't, wonder if it's on, I don't think it's on my phone. That's it's pretty sick. The first time you did that, was it from watching skateboards? Or were you just like, oh, I could ride that? I was four uh, years old. I have no clue. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to... I think the first thing I was that, still at home. I wasn't I even in I honestly think yet. the first... What really got me know. into it was... Uh, I was either at fruit. No, I wasn't at fruit. I think it was actually Dakota shoots uh, back when he had was riding, you know, fresh park ramps in his front yard doing backflips on that when, yeah, I think that was what got me into it. Actually, I, and I still like, I can't backflip. It was BMX. (laughs) BMX got me in there, but I remember because I grew up, you know, watching. Oh, my bad. BMX. Sorry. Um, I grew up watching, you know, motorsports, so like dirt bikes and cars. And I remember BMX was always kind of like the niche that I could do as a kid. But um, I was too much of a bitch to do it on a bike as a four-year-old. <laughs> so I took the scooter. That's what it was. So did that start like your love for scooters? Is that what it was? No, I then I probably, I still think I'd push the scooter around, but I definitely was like, all right, this bike thing is sick. And I did bikes for a while. Like freestyle? Did you race at all? I did racing, yeah. I raced as a kid, and I did freestyle in like, the park. Like Escort was the local for me. Oh, that's sick. Um, that's such a good local. And then I broke my shoulder, or I broke my collarbone for the first time on a bike, and that was the switch to scooters. Huh. An injury. <laughs> yeah, How so about you, Josh? Did you ride bikes before? No, I didn't ride uh, bikes. Skating, I, I, think, uh, right? I rode skateboards, and I... Wasn't comfortable yeah, on it. It's my homie. I could, like, I can kickflip. I can still kickflip, uh, but 
you know, I was never comfortable dropping in, never comfortable riding, you know, ramps or anything, but I could, you know, I don't know what it was with the scooter. I just, I just had more fun with it. Gosh. And, you know, here I am now, 25, riding a scooter. Same. Having Scooters a blast. are sick, dude. Yeah. Scooters are sick. All right, well, I think that's a good point to break it off. We're breaking up? Yeah. What? What? No. See you next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, this is Chase and Josh. They're going to be on for more future podcasts. But I just wanted you guys to say hello to them today. So say hello. Or say goodbye to the viewers, actually. Cause um, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Stop Bye. flaming my mans in the comments, kid. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> dude, that's Josh so got really disrespectful. Flamed. Josh like, got really flamed. I like you, cut, but that's disrespectful, calling him egghead and old man. He's old, but, like, he's not old. You still <laughs> kick your ass. It's only 25. <laughs> don't let him that's put boxing gloves on. That's old to most kids. Hey, most, don't most let him put boxing that, gloves you know. on. He'll get a little <laughs> bruises and stuff. He's old. He's yeah, dead. you're the one that did kidney punches. Yeah, he's feeling good. Yeah. Anyways. All right, guys. All right, well, thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Make sure to tune into the ride day that is on December 5th. Um, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, uh, just say that you liked it. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace. Bye.